Hi, I'm Trevor, and welcome to Catching Up on Cinema. Uh, if you're not familiar with the program, Catching Up on Cinema is a film analysis podcast wherein myself and uh, usually my co-host Kyle uh, will take turns introducing each other to movies, and uh, in this way, we catch up on our cinema. Um, so today, though, uh, I'm going to be having a special guest on the show. Uh, he's a friend of the show at this point. Uh, his name is Brad, and he is from the Cinema Speak podcast. Uh, say hello to the folks at home, Brad. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Glad to be back. I mean, I've been waiting all month to do another uh, another one of these, so uh, thanks for having me back on. Oh, yeah. I'm always glad to have you, Brad. Um, Brad's kind of tiptoeing around it because I know he's a little sensitive to potentially stepping on the the feet of the guest. <laughs> I don't want to do it twice. Host, I don't want to do it twice. <laughs> don't feel bad, Brad. It, you did just fine. But um, <laughs> yeah, what what Brad is alluding to here uh, is a, a a special segment on catching up on cinema. Uh, hopefully, maybe a monthly segment uh, that we're calling "Tales from the Shelf." And essentially, what this is is an excuse for myself and Brad to uh, peruse our wares. Uh, we both own numerous films of the physical variety, either. In my case, I have DVDs, Blu-rays, and 4Ks. Brad absolutely detests DVDs. <laughs> well, I, st- I still have some, but I, I detest them. They're like, you know, the just the the, the stepchild that you just kind of uh, shun away. Yeah. W- what is your uh, what's your acronym? What DVD has a special meaning to you? <laughs> I can't. I was trying to remember. It's something directly something in dumpster. Do you remember what it was? <laughs> Not exactly, but basically. Brad views DVDs as trash. Yeah, yeah, um, and, yeah. and and I, you know, I, I can't I can't blame him for that. Uh, you know, the the picture quality and, and sound it's not exactly charming by today's standards. Um, not in the same way, say like a VHS or maybe even like a laser disc would be. But yeah, these days it's hard to think of a DVD as a prestige item. Is what I'm trying to get to. Yeah, um, even the the cases. Yeah. Like I know some people say they prefer DVD cases. Even the cases, I I I actually prefer the Blu-ray, the 4K cases. Like I like that size a lot better. Yeah, you're not wrong. Like the proportions of a Blu-ray case, like a, a standardized Blu-ray case, are are kind of ideal. Mm-hmm. In fact, I I have this one movie on my shelf. It's a Run All Night, which is not even that great of a movie. Um, but I think I got it off eBay, and that motherfucker shipped that to me in like a a double tall Blu-ray oh, no. case. Oh no! And I was like, now I have this this like freaking Frankenstein's monster poking out of my shelf, and it's not even for a good movie, so it draws attention to your eye, and it just drives me fucking crazy every time I walk by it. <laughs> now I got a question on that though. Now. Was that a fault of the seller, or was that you not like quite looking into it enough to see that that's what it was being offered? Who who was at fault in that scenario? Uh, I'm gonna be a little bitch about it and say it's his fault. Yeah, <laughs> I would be leaving him. I'm, a I'm bad not gonna take review. any responsibility. Bad review for me if that happened. I should have just shipped it back to him with like some dog shit in the case <laughs> or something. <laughs> like, how dare you, sir? How dare you upset my entire curated ecosystem of a shell exactly yeah <laughs> um but yeah basically the concept of tales from the shelf uh, is brad and i um pick a theme for each episode and uh we just explore our respective collections and just kind of play show and tell a little bit uh so the inaugural episode which brad was also featured on uh was titled blu-ray blunders and since i i guess i'm a fan of alliteration i didn't think i was uh, v for vendetta <laughs> kind of irked me a little bit here and there um 
I guess the the title for this episode is going to be Distribution Disco. Uh, <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Brad got to select the the theme for for this month's episode. And Brad, why, why don't you spell it out to the folks at home what it is we're going to be doing today? Well, we're going to be going through uh, the sort of different Blu-ray uh, distributors, publishers, such as Criterion, Shout Factory, because, you know, maybe some casual movie watchers out there might just think, oh, you know, these Blu-rays just come from one giant warehouse of people that produce movies. No, 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 no. There's big differences between all these different uh, boutique labels that uh, I just obsess over and you know, I've tried to explain some of the drama that I've experienced with these uh, labels to, to my friends and family, and they immediately just turn away and just run away from me while I'm screaming at them about the difference between Criterion and Kino. So I said, I got to get, I, you know, I've got years of uh, years of pent up uh, discussion that I want to get out on these labels. So that's kind of why I was like, let's do this. Okay. Uh, alternate title for this episode is Brad Unleashed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I don't have a seatbelt in my computer chair, but uh, I'm buckled in and I'm ready to go. So, uh, <laughs> Brad, being as you got to select the theme for this month, um, how about you? You lead the charge. How about you pick uh, the first uh, disc publisher you let you'd like to explore today? Yeah. Well, I went through and I picked four to kind of really highlight. Um, and I kind of I give them a, all a letter grade. Should I start with the the bottom or should I start from the top? I'm trying to. What do you think would be better? I mean, I think it would be best to start from like bottom of the barrel, <laughs> like okay. like go from like worst to best. Because yeah. you know you want to ascend in quality. You want to pique people's interest. And and I will say that uh, saying starting from the bottom is I don't want to think. I don't want listeners to think that this one is like a trash label because I just picked four and they're kind of four of my favorites. So this is the, the bottom out of my you know favorite children, I guess you can say. Um, but that is. Yeah, uh, I, I want to say that I want to say that this is probably going to be a, a positivity, a positivity podcast. Um, I don't I don't see us sharing our garbage. <laughs> no. Yeah, I do. I do have some uh, some, you know, things to say about each of these labels that, uh, you know, if, if anybody from these labels is listening that they can improve on but for the most part yeah it's going to be all like releases that i love from these uh labels and stuff um but the first one uh that i'll mention is kino kino lorber kino lorber studio classics i'm actually not totally different um aware of like the minute differences between like the regular kino and the kino classics um i'm not 100 percent sure on that but i kind of just group all of kino together because a lot of their releases are um quite similar um, let's see. Uh, the one that I pulled off my shelf to highlight is Mario Bava's Black Sunday, which uh, I have seen the film, like the film a lot, have not watched the film on Blu-ray. There might be a, a trend of that where I'm like, oh, yeah, I've, I own this movie on Blu-ray. I love the release. Haven't watched it yet, but <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> in my pile. Um, so, Kino, I, I wrote down some pros and cons for each of these. The pros for Kino is I think they do some great releases, like a great group of films. They're kind of like the like step down from Criterion, and we'll get into Criterion, but I feel like Kino, they're not quite going like too far into like, you know, schlocky B movie, bad movie. Like they put out a lot of respected films, a lot of older films, maybe not quite at the level of classics as Criterion, but I like that they've kind of got this niche market of you know somewhat forgotten older movies some of them are uh, uh you know 
unarguably classics, but uh, I really like the the releases that they put out. Huh? Um, are they are they noted for doing like extensive like bonus features, or are they noted for like image quality? Yeah, um, that one like uh, jumping to the cons. Some some of their stuff they have really good uh, bonus features. Some of their releases, some of them are pretty bare bones. So one of the cons that I have for them is uh, kind of just inconsistent special features. Whereas some of these labels, even the most garbage releases, they'll pack full of bonus features. Some of Kino's are a little lacking in that department, um, but I think their transfers are usually pretty solid. Not not amazing, not the best of all time, but um, they're usually pretty solid transfers. And I'll be the first to admit that I'm not the best eye for transfers. Like, I can, you know, I do the best I can, but there's some people, uh, you go on Blu-ray.com, and there are people that are pointing out things that even when I'm looking at what they're pointing out in the screen caps, I still can't even see it. So I'm kind of an amateur in that regard, I would say. Oh, yeah. No, I I have my eyes to work with. I don't have a technical background with image transfers and stuff, so I, <clears throat> I don't exactly have that going for me. But I, I get what you mean by, like, Kino being almost like a, almost like a parallel to Criterion in some ways mm-hmm. because I... I had heard Kino's name tossed around a lot when I first started collecting movies, like, like I guess, like, late 90s, early 2000s and whatnot. And uh, they had a reputation for uh, distributing much older movies in particular, like, like kind of dusting off the old classics and, and putting them back on the shelf. And uh, as far as I know, in the DVD era, I don't know about now, but um, as far as I understand, they did have a good reputation for good transfers. Um I do see their their release schedules pretty regular on Blu-ray.com. Mm-hmm. Like, seems like they have at least a title a month. Um, it's not like widespread or anything, but they're they're pretty active. Uh, in fact, I, I think just last month I saw the the Gollum uh, was getting put out on a Blu-ray uh, from like what 1923, and um, I I told you right before we recorded that uh, as far as I understand they they're they're kind of like film archivists in in some ways. And that's a movie that I know certainly by reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at their catalog right now, and uh, M uh, from both 1951 and 1931 is also on there. And uh, yeah, they have quite an extensive catalog. Uh, they're qu- kind of an acquired taste because of that, though. Yeah. Um, it's definitely not, probably, you know. Uh, which probably explains why I don't have any other products. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely. They've got certain genres. Like, they do put out some horror titles, like the Mario Bava films. But it it is a lot of what you would say older classic films, but not the ones that, you know, people would say quote unquote will stand the test of time. Like they'll they'll put out uh, you know like a a, a B side Kirk Douglas movie instead of Spartacus or stuff like that. You know, um, but talking about the amount of releases, like they have like a huge catalog, and I actually, I mean, this could be viewed as a positive. I'm actually throwing it in the negatives. This might be controversial. One of my cons for them. It's just too many releases. I mean, to the point where I can't even keep up with them because there are several releases, it seems like, a sing- every week. And it gets to the point where they're always announcing new titles. And it's great that these movies are coming out on Blu-ray. But it also is to the point where Kino is putting so many titles out that, you know, unless it's a movie that I want to see already, I'm not going to be able to just be like, okay, I see that Kino put that movie out. I'm going to check it out because they put out so much stuff whereas 
you know, Arrow, they're a little more selective in the amount of titles they release. So whenever there's a new Arrow release, I'm kind of like, oh, I kind of uh, might want to check that out. New Arrow title. So that's one thing that, you know, it could be a pro because they're getting more movies out on Blu-ray, which is always great. But uh, I'm, I'm being wild. I'm throwing it in the cons. Too, too many releases from Kino. Well, I don't think that's too wild, Brad. Um, I think that's spoken like a true collector, actually, because um, part of being a part of the distinction between a, a collector and a hoarder is that uh, <laughs> one person's aim is simply to acquire additional products, whereas another person, a collector, is looking to curate like a series of products that suit their character or suit their needs, um, which you know explains why we have certain gaps in our collections and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, like. Maybe maybe I don't have to own every Bruce Willis movie ever made because let's be honest, not every Bruce Willis movie is very good. In fact, most of them aren't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so in my mind, it's like no, I, I'll own the the good diehards, and in my case, I do own all the diehards because I'm a loser. But, <laughs> but you know, if I was if I was looking to just maybe own movies that made me happy or I had a particular interest in in having on my shelf then you know there'd be it stands to reason that i would leave out die hard five because nobody needs Mm -hmm. to see die hard five it never happened (laughs) yeah but um yeah i mean the same goes for like a publisher though in the sense that like if they're constantly just putting out random products then what does that tell you about the character of that publisher it's like what what is that brand what is that brand if if they put out everything Mm -hmm. like if they have musicals nestled up against silent films nestled up against fucking giallo films like okay you're the everything publisher you're the you're the amazon you're the everything store yeah as opposed to something like scream or shout where it's like they have an aesthetic (laughs) like yeah i i think for me their sort of uh, branding is like they do put out a little bit of everything but it's all sort of you know like i said like kind of like the b-sides like you know I guess you can look at, uh, I recently bought, I think it's Kino, let me just make sure. Um, I recently bought uh, Alps, which is uh, a film from Yorgos Lanthimos, and you know, he's kind of become a a big deal in Hollywood now, and this one is kind of a little bit of a, it was when he was still making films in Greece, and so it's not very much one that, you know, it's not going to sell like a million copies or anything like that, but uh, you know, it has its audience, and they know that this guy has his fans. I'm one of them. So I picked up Alps from Kino. Um, still haven't watched it on the Blu-ray, of course. But, uh, you know, I picked it up, so that's saying something. And I do want to mention another positive is on a lot of their releases, the spines are just simply black with the sort of the title of the film and the font of the film, which I love that. Just nice and simple, nice and clean. I, that's definitely a positive for me is their spines. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I have some oddballs on my shelf where it's like, I, what am I looking at? <laughs> it's like, I know I alphabetized it when I put it there, but coming back to it, it's like, what, what am I looking at? It's like, is this Robert Downey Jr. the movie? It's like, oh, no, it's an Avengers movie. <laughs> it's like, then why is this fucking head so big on the spine? It's like, yeah. well, we got we to gotta move product somehow. <laughs> if you were to recommend like a, like a, maybe like a favorite of your Kino collection, what, what do you think it would be? Uh, Black Sunday, definitely one that I really like. If you're, if you've seen any Mario Bava films, uh, it's one of my favorites of his. I also have, I, I think I own it, Black Sabbath, which is another, 
Mario Bava film, um, and uh, they put out the Alfred Hitchcock movie Lifeboat, which is another uh, another good one worth checking out. Um, so they, they put out uh, some quality product, and they do put out a, a, occasionally the schlocky horror films, uh, which probably that sell more copies of those than some of the other ones. Um, so, I mean, they've got something for everybody. You just kind of got to gotta look and dig through it. Yeah. Uh, is uh, Black Sunday the one with the blimp? With the what? Blimp? Uh, no, no. I don't think so. Are you thinking okay. of, as Sunday, Bloody Sunday, or Bloody Sunday, or? it It's a it's like the word black and a day of the week. <laughs> okay. Think, anyway. I don't think there's a blimp in it. It's been a while since I've watched it. It's been a while. Well, anyway, the one with the blimp, my dad liked. Okay. But, um, <laughs> uh, uh, Kyle, my my regular co-host, I th- I seem to recall he's he's a fan of uh, Black Sabbath, mm-hmm. uh, but I think both the band and the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're both great. Um, they're both winners. No, well, I I should catch up on some of my my old school horror and whatnot, and and Giallo too, especially since I was kind of the one who pushed Kyle into that, as far as I know. So it's like, yeah, practice what you preach. Um, <laughs> but uh, so is it to me, Brad? Yeah, it's to you. Yep. Okay, um, I guess, well, I have, I actually physically made some stacks with my movies here, uh, just to give myself, like, a visual indicator. It's like, good lord, that's a lot of movies. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I probably could have put a down payment on a house with that. Um, <laughs> uh, so, first one I guess I'll go with is uh, Magnet. Are you familiar with these guys? Yes, uh, let me see if I own anything of theirs, uh. Um, uh, wh- while you're looking, I'll just uh, introduce them. So, Magnet, as far as I understand, they they mostly specialize in foreign films and direct to like direct to market, direct to video kind of stuff. Um, mostly mostly like Asian films. Um, I'm just using the word Asian because it's a variety of countries: China, Japan, Korea, uh, Thailand, even. Um, just just among the short stack of movies I have in front of me. Um, but yeah, I was kind of surprised because uh, the way I went about uh, preparing for doing this recording was I, I just like took a look at my shelf and looked for labels, just mm-hmm. looked for like things that maybe I was inadvertently uh, drawn to in some fashion. And uh, yeah, seems like Magnet has gotten a decent chunk of my money. Um, <laughs> uh, some of the high profile releases uh, of theirs that I have are um, Takashi Miike's Blade of the Immortal and 13 Assassins. Uh, he directed both of those. Um, I believe that they, they distributed both the Goon movies. Um, okay. I know you played hockey at some point in your life, Brad. Have you seen Goon? I've seen the first Goon. I, I thought it was all right. It wasn't amazing, but it was a, it was a fun little comedy. Yeah, it's not really much of a... It's not really a comedy. It's more just a sports movie that's really dumb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is fine by me. Um, the second one's not any better. Um, although you get you get to see Wyatt Russell get punched a lot in it, and uh, my my co-host Kyle he has a, he has a, like a hate boner for for Wyatt Russell. I don't know why exactly. I think it's mostly <laughs> just Overlord. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he he does not like that man. <laughs> um. But yeah. Uh. What, some of the the better releases though that I have of theirs, um, they were responsible for putting uh, Marental out on Blu-ray. Um, which is mostly noteworthy. I mean, it's kind of like a middle-of-the-road martial arts film um, out of Indonesia, uh, but it's like Iko Uwais, uh, the star of the Raid movies, um, and now he's even in the Star Wars movies and stuff. Um, it's it's supposed to be, I think, like his his uh, 
his first on-screen role. And uh, it's it's a decent little film. And it's directed by the same fella. Uh, I always get his name mixed up. It's Gareth or Garrett Edwards. Yeah. Um, I get it mixed up because the guy who did the 2014 Godzilla movie has nearly the same name. And I get them switched. Um, anyway, Marantau is it's not going to blow your mind. But it's kind of neat seeing like this is the debut of two major talents who are really coming to prominence like as we speak in fact uh have you heard of the show uh, gangs of london i don't think so now i don't know what platform it's on but i really want to see it because it's the director of the raid doing a british crime series um, okay yeah complete with like i don't think he brought the same choreography team but he brought the same enthusiasm for that particular style of filmmaking so i really want to see it mm-hmm um, but yeah, Brad, do you have any Magnet films? I don't. I've seen, I'm looking up their releases now. I've seen a, a number of their films, but I, I don't think I own any. Um, although, actually, no, I take that back. I do own uh, The Host, uh, which, if uh, I'm getting my facts right, is it's listed on their website as a release. I do own The Host, just recently bought it. Um, I've seen it a long time ago, um, but I recently just picked it up on Blu-ray, wanting to watch it after uh, Parasite. But yeah, there's there's a lot of films here that I've seen that um, I don't own on Blu-ray, but uh, I like. I mean, they've got they did the VHS movies, which uh, I enjoy the first two of those. Beyond the Black Rainbow, I guess was them, uh, which the director of that went on to do Mandy. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, they've they put out some good stuff, and uh, I would be very curious to check out that film you were talking about because I do love the Raid movies. Yeah, um, Marantel is pretty decent. Uh, What's interesting about Magnet, from what I can tell, is that they're they're almost like a parallel to Lionsgate. They're like a they're like uh, the Kino to to Criterion. They're mm-hmm. like that, but with to Lionsgate, where it's like they they do a lot of like grungy, like tooth and nail thrillers, um, a lot a lot of like blood and guts, like horror movies and, and action movies and whatnot. Um, but a lot of stuff that probably is more at home in a red box than on like uh, you know a Netflix or something. Yeah. Uh, Odd, odd little curiosities that the people who are who are interested in them will find them. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, people like me, <laughs> but um, I'll just go ahead and say, like the probably the best movies of theirs that I own. Um, Thirteen Assassins is very hard to top. Um, as far as like a straightforward, just like blood and guts samurai movie, it's pretty fucking great. Um, I saw The Devil. Uh, was a funny story for me because it was one of those movies that uh, I think the release date got jumbled like all over the place. Like I kept, it was back in the day when I was like going to my local Best Buy and stuff and like actually asking a, an actual human being when something was coming in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I had to make like two or three different trips and every single time nobody knew what the fuck I was talking about. <laughs> and then when it finally came out, like um, thankfully I wasn't disappointed. Uh, it's a, it's a beautiful movie. Like, I don't know what it is about Korean directors, but man, uh, from an aesthetic standpoint, just from an audiovisual standpoint, their movies are almost always gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, even if, you know, the movie itself is just kind of like, meh, it's like, wow, that was pretty. <laughs> um, and it's it's a good uh, serial killer thriller if you're into that kind of thing. And then a kind of a, an odd one is a Mandrill, uh, which is a movie that... Uh, me and five other people on the planet apparently own uh, <laughs> it's a uh, it's a chilean martial arts movie and uh the reason i bought it is because uh the star of it uh, marco zoror 
uh, was kind of like hitting his stride in the in the late 2000s or like early 2010s and i was just trying to gobble up everything of his that i could find because i was really impressed with him in the few roles that i got to see him in and uh as far as i know his output has slowed quite a bit but this was a this was a fun little like throwback to like it's almost like uh black dynamite but oh yeah but like every, but everybody's speaking spanish and like the time like the soundtrack of the movie puts you in the 70s but like you can tell it was shot in a contemporary setting because it was really cheap yeah <laughs> it has a similar flavor though and like there's an embarrassing action scene where it's like him standing in the center of a room and there's a bunch of guys who are a head shorter than him they're all doing all sorts of fancy flips and kicks and stuff but i'm pretty sure they lined the walls with garbage bags <laughs> maybe for safety reasons or maybe for like like repo man reasons like oh we we have to like cover all the all the branding on the walls so what do we yeah. do it's like i have some garbage bags let's like tape up the walls <laughs> it just looks very strange <laughs> and mm-hmm. embarrassing um but yeah magnet's not like a, a publisher that's near and dear to me i just thought it was really interesting like looking at just this wad of movies i have in my one hand i'm like huh that that's like me in my hand <laughs> like, like these guys get me even though they don't know me <laughs> that's kind of cool yeah so i don't know maybe maybe i need to look into them a little more it definitely seems like uh, whether it's action or horror, you know, their stuff might seem... I mean, they, they've got some good quality stuff from the list I was looking at, but it does seem like they put out a lot of stuff that might be on the lower budget end. But, like, I'm sure if if you're the same way as I am, like, I will check out a low-budget, cheaply-made horror movie just out of sheer curiosity. I'm sure you'll do the same out of an action movie just in the hope that you'll get maybe, like, one great sequence i'll get i'll get one great scare out of it or something and i think it's cool that they're putting that stuff out and bringing it to a fairly you know wide audience yeah no like like i said the the people who are into the kinds of things that they're selling uh, they'll they'll find it um and needs to be said uh not one of the movies i have there except for debatably uh the protector 2 in 3d um (laughs) that's probably the only legitimately bad movie of my stack of magnet Mm -hmm. um and the only reason that that's bad is because it's in 3d and uh in a martial arts movie you don't want to cast the rizza as as the final boss of your movie um (laughs) you don't want to put tony jaw in a fight scene with like the 50 year old rizza Um, i'm sorry (laughs) as as much enthusiasm as he has for kung fu he does not have the moves (laughs) yeah a little anticlimactic Um, probably yeah, especially because there's this beautiful fight sequence in the middle, a, a one-on-one between Tony Jaa and Maurice Crump. That's It's wonderful. And then they have a rematch that's just like, ooh, and then there's more after that, and it's like, oh, no, you mean the RZA was the one that they were saving for? <laughs> like, like, you mean they kept him on the back burner when, like, when we already blew our wad with all the good stuff? Yeah. Like, oh, man, the last, ten, the last 10 minutes of this are really going to hurt, and... Yeah, it doesn't help, too, that uh, the whole selling point for the first half of Tony Jaa's career was no wires. Mm-hmm. And this one's just, it's in 3D! So everything's, like, riddled with CGI and, like, bizarre helicopter stunts. And I think there may be even, like, a digital elephant at some point. And it's just like, what are we doing, guys? <laughs> hey, still worth owning, though? Still worth um, owning in the collection? No. I, I mean, th- I've actually set aside one or two discs that I'm like, 
you know, I'm embarrassed to the point that I don't know if I need this anymore. Like Mile 22 and American Assassin are right up there. Yeah, they're they're on the out um, pile. Time to get them out of there. Yeah, and there's a couple others, but I'll, we'll probably get to them at some point. But um, that, that's enough out of Magnet, Brad. Uh, what what do you got next? Um, well, next up, actually, before I get to the next one, I forgot to mention uh, I gave Kino on my letter scale, grade scale. I gave it a B. So, uh, you know, solid, not my favorite, but a solid B. Um, next up, I want to mention uh, Scream and Shout Factory. Uh, leaning more towards Scream Factory because uh, I mostly collect horror films, but I do have uh, a few Shout Factory releases. Um the one that I uh, pulled out to highlight, which I think is a uh, very good release, is Manhunter, uh, Michael Mann's Manhunter, which uh, I, I love this movie. Uh, you know, I, I love The Silence of the Lambs, too. But the more I rewatch Manhunter, the more it's like, this might be better than Silence of the Lambs. It, it is really, it, it might be my favorite Michael Mann movie out of the ones that I've seen. Um, but yeah, this one, uh, Scream Factory, it's got the theatrical version, it's got the director's cut, um, director's cut does have standard definition inserts, so, you know, you kind of, a little bit of a trade-off there if you're okay with watching it with, uh, some moments being in standard definition to see the director's cut. But, uh, Scream Factory, I think they put out a lot of great horror movies, like, their collection of horror films is pretty stellar. I mean, if you're a fan of horror They've probably put out a lot of your favorite horror flicks. They've got a really solid collection. I love their uh, their slip covers. I mean, a lot of what I talk about uh, loving and hating in these releases is packaging related, but I love the the slip covers, and I love how uh, they have the, the thing where the slip covers are always guaranteed three months after the release. So as long as you buy it within three months of it coming out, you're guaranteed a slipcover. Unless, for some reason, if, like, Walmart or Best Buy, for some reason, was throwing away the slipcovers. But that's never happened to me. That's never happened to me. Um, so. <laughs> You've never gone dump- dumpster diving at Walmart? No, no, no. It's actually not a bad idea. I, I have. <laughs> if I if I buy a Scream Factory release and it's only been out for a month and there's no slipcover in there, I should dig through their dumpster because uh, they probably got, like, a pile of them and I could sell them. Black market slipcovers. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's cra- I've never bought a slipcover on eBay. I've thought about it, but it's crazy how much some of them go for. I mean, it's it's kind of like that's how you know like some collectors are insane, and I'm one of them because I've considered doing it. I've never done it, but I've considered it. <laughs> so I'm just picturing you're doing like the Evil Dead Two deal, like left hand yeah. fighting the right hand, <laughs> click clicking the buy it now button. Like no, no, yeah. we need that for food. It's a pandemic. <laughs> I mean, if I owned all the Scream Factory, when I'm talking about the slipcovers too, it's only on their collector's editions, I should say. Mm. Um, If I owned all their collector's editions and I had slipcovers for all of them and all of a sudden I got one and it didn't come with the slipcover, I would have to buy the slipcover on eBay. I would have to. I mean, to complete the collection. But at this point, I have so many that don't have it that I don't necessarily have to do that, which is a blessing for me because that would be a that's a whole road I don't want to go down <laughs> um but I like uh I think they got some great bonus features they're usually pretty stacked there um their availability I've bought many a uh, scream factory releases in best buys I've seen them in you know Walmarts and it it's always nice actually going to a store and seeing something on a shelf and purchasing it I I like that about it um 
because, you know, when you buy something online, it's kind of a crapshoot if it's going to come back damaged. I mean, you, you know, the slipcover could be bent in the corner. So I like going to the store and being able to, like, peruse. And I'm sure I've gotten many weird looks from um, Best Buy uh, employees, me grabbing the entire stack of releases of a movie and, like, examining them on every single side. And, I mean, I'm probably – they probably think I'm insane, but that's – it's what you got to do. It's what you, it's it's what other choice do I have? I I used to do that. <laughs> What's that? Oh, I I have fond memories of doing that with a Have you ever heard of a gachapon? Uh they're like capsule toys. Uh um, I don't think so. The, the the contents of them are randomized, but they have okay. really pretty packaging. They they're very eye-catching and whatnot. Anyway, when I was a kid, I used to like get a treat with just like one of these little like $3 capsule toys. Um, and I always used to grab from the back of the, <laughs> the stack <laughs> because, yeah. like, you know, it's a, it's a form of gambling in some ways. So it's like you, you're like, oh, this one has bad juju. I don't want that one. <laughs> it's like, no, I want this one. It feels like it has the right weight to it. <laughs> yeah, the rush that you feel when you're in a store and you get the, the right one, you get the thing you want, you, s- you see a Blu-ray that's got no damage on it. The rush, the high that you get on that, it's... I mean, it's tough to beat that. It's pretty stellar. <laughs> um, Brad, you sound like you need to like go to the store with one of those rascal scooters or something because your legs would give out from yeah. finding like too many too many items that you're, are on your wish list. You're just like, oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> it's like, what's wrong with that young man? It's like his his legs they just they just don't work right now. Like, give him an hour, he'll, the, the feeling will come back, but. I, I, just, just shut up and take his money, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I know in like a lot of uh, major cities, there are still a few like video stores that have, you know, a lot of boutique releases. And thankfully, there's none of those around me. Like there's, you know, an FYE I've got where you can still find some horror releases and stuff, but I don't have like a entire, you know, Blu-ray store essentially because if I got set loose in one of those... It'd be it'd be bad. I'd be in there all day, and I'd come out a very very poor man. So, oh man, uh, have you by chance have you ever heard of a place called Scarecrow Video? Maybe I've heard of the name. I'm I'm not. I've never been for sure. Okay, well, in, out here in Seattle, um, Scarecrow Video is a rental place. It's also a video store, um, and it's also pretty much a movie museum as far as Mm. i know it's like the largest archive of film media in the united states um so if you ever get out here and you feel like you know dumping all your money in one spot (laughs) you could probably do it there yeah oh i guarantee in especially the fact that if i go to one of these places in a major city it'd be like i'm on sort of a vacation then you've got that vacation bump like oh yeah this is my vacation i can splurge it'd be I mean, it, I, you, you better hope that I drove there because I guarantee you I'm not getting all those movies on the plane. That's all, that's all I'll say. Um, it's a it's the convention problem where it's like, oh, I'm at a convention. It's like, I, I got I to gotta dump money on something. It's like, you, you really don't. It's like, I do. You don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it comes once a year. <laughs> it's like me when I went to uh, Galaxy's Edge at Disney World. You know, like I've got to buy something, even though I thought the products were just – not what I desired. I was like, I got to buy something. So I got to, sp- I got to spend $20 on this plush Yoda toy. Cause I need to buy something. <laughs> well, blue, blue milk and Yoda. And that's- <laughs> yeah, yeah. The blue milk was worth it. The blue milk was worth it. I did like the blue milk. 
Um, <laughs> and before I get into the cons of uh, Scream Factory, this one kind of actually leads into the cons a little bit, but a pro, customer service. Great customer oh. service from them. Um, before I get into the cons, uh, you got any uh, Scream Factory releases or anything to say about them? Oh, uh, I mean, it would probably just be reiterating most of the things you've said, but um, on on top of uh, on top of everything, though, uh, they also have a knack for putting out putting out lesser known movies. Mm-hmm. Well, not necessarily lesser known, just movies that like maybe maybe not aren't as important to to everyone, but important to me in particular. So it's it's a similar to Magnet. It's kind of that feeling of like kinship with a publisher. Yeah. Um, that definitely puts them like on the on the higher end of publishers in my book because uh, yeah uh, they fucking put out robot jocks <laughs> and I, I had I had to get robot jocks and they put out Roadhouse and they put out the Sonny Chiba Street Fighter collection and they and Chuck Norris's Invasion USA and and Screamers fucking Screamers man mm-hmm. have, you, have you seen Screamers no but I, I know when it came out I I was uh, curious about it because I'd heard of it before but I'd never seen it. Yeah, uh, Screamers. It's it's a Peter Weller sci-fi, like post-apocalyptic sci-fi movie. Um, there's a lot going on under, under the surface that um, I think it's I think it's secretly like a nice little sci-fi gem that maybe was underseen when it came out. But yeah, I was really excited when that came out on Blu-ray. And I mean, Transformers the movie from 1986 and GI Joe the movie, which the fr- Brad, if if you haven't seen the first three minutes of GI Joe the movie the animated one please like google it right now and just like set it aside for as soon as this call ends in fact like if i didn't have to worry about like copyright problems i would just play the fucking theme song on the episode (laughs) just like for the entire hour and a half or whatever that we end up talking Mm because the opening three minutes of that movie it's just like just imagine like every childhood fantasy you had of like playing with your action figures and just imagine someone animating that like I want to say, the storyboard artist for that was literally someone's child. Yeah, and I was just like, "Hey, Timmy, <laughs> like, how about you roll around on the floor with these toys, and I'll just like sketch out some ideas based on your playing." <laughs> it's it's phenomenal. The rest of the movie's terrible, but yeah. <laughs> Transformers the movie though, that's like, that's the big one. That's the first DVD I ever bought. Oh, there you um, go. We own, and I have it on Steelbook Blu-ray from Shout. I didn't exactly care about the Steelbook thing. In fact, I think you and I both agree it's not a selling point. Yeah, not in, not but anymore. That's how I got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I got in full blown HD, and I think uh, I think their bread and butter shout in particular, um, and scream, uh, as evidenced by like releases like the Blob and the Thing and uh, what uh, Silver Bullet, which is nobody's favorite werewolf movie, but no. fuck it, it, you know, <laughs> if you were there for it, of course you care. Like I think their bread and butter is like people of a certain age range like like 35 year old dudes basically (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, because a lot of their a lot of their high profile releases seem to be like from the 80s and and kind of aiming towards that that particular demographic and they do a bang-up job with it like some of these movies that i've listed off are not really deserving of special features and whatnot i don't really care like i don't need to know about the making of fucking joshua tree (laughs) like a Dolph Lundgren movie that nobody gives a shit about, mm-hmm. but I have this like three disc behemoth. <laughs> it's yeah. like okay, I guess now I know everything there is to know about fucking Joshua Tree. 
Yeah, I, I might it's not always indulge in the special yeah. features, but it's just nice having them there, you know? Yeah, and I mean, just top to bottom, they do a wonderful job with the packaging. Um, I think, I don't know who started it, but I, I forget the name of the artist. I feel bad because I should know it. Um, there's the the painter who does a lot of their cover art. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know his name um, either. They they formed a relationship like probably ten years ago or something, and I want to say they both kind of like took off together or something because the company was it felt like it was small or something like only like 10 years ago or something but now mm-hmm. they're massive like it seems like they're kicking all sorts of ass and i'm happy yeah i um, would say yeah, uh, uh, i would say they're probably second only to criterion in terms of these boutique labels like they're pretty well known in the world like not to the point where if you walk up to just a random person on the street and say, oh, what's your favorite Scream Factory release? They're not going to know what the hell you're talking about. But there's a chance they might own a Scream Factory release and not even realize it because they're like, oh, yeah, I love that movie, The Thing. Yeah, I'll pick that up and not realize that that's uh, a release from Scream Factory. No, if you had cable from 1985 to, like, 1999, you've seen, you've seen like, most of the movies in their catalog. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't know anything about this label. I just noticed it, actually. Um, they have a, a sub-label called Shout Select. I want to say it's like like their lesser output or something. Yeah, it's it's certainly separate from their uh, Scream Factory label. I, I, I don't know what the difference is between just regular Shout Factory releases and Shout Select releases. Um, but I, I'm trying to think if I have any Shout Select. I think I just recently bought... Um, Wild at Heart, which is, uh, I believe, is a Shout Select. Uh, I bought it like a month or two ago, actually, and it's still coming, still coming. It's delayed. It's Corona de- delayed, but it's it's on its way. So, oh no, <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, I can get into this a couple of the cons that I have for Scream Factory. Um, you know, not to be too much of a downer here, but you know. They have had some technical issues. They have had some technical issues uh, regarding kind of uh, regarding some of the transfers, more just um, like weird glitches in some of their releases. Um, For example, their Army of Darkness release, which is an amazing release. It's got three cuts of the film, loads of special features. It's stacked. But there is a moment in one of the cuts. I can't remember. I think it might be the director's cut where there's like a... a, a skip over where the like the the picture and the the audio like skip over a frame or there's something very like you know most people wouldn't notice it but you know of course blu-ray.com day one people pop this thing in and somehow these people are noticing it that quick so there's like an issue with that i know they released uh david cronenberg's dead ringers and something on the stereo track it was like the uh the left and right sides of the stereo track were reversed so there's some weird issues with some of their releases that they put out, but this gets back into the customer service angle that uh, they almost always do replacement programs for any time they have any sort of issue with their transfer, their their quality of uh, release. And um, I know I did it with uh, the Dead Ringer, and I I hope I did it with Army of Darkness. I think I did. If not, I've got a botched uh, disc sitting over here. But I know I did it with Dead Ringers for sure. I just emailed them and said, 
hey, I uh, heard about this issue with your Dead Ringers Blu-ray release. Here's a, a screenshot of my order from Amazon, my Amazon receipt. And they said, all right, we'll ship you a, a replacement disc in the mail. And they send it in free of charge. And so then you can swap out the disc. And so then it's almost like you've got like a perfectly, almost perfectly good disc to give to your cousin for uh, Christmas. They're not going to know. They're not going to notice that the stereo tracks are released. Free Christmas birthday gift <laughs> taken care of right there. Thank you, Scream Factory. So their uh, their their service, their customer service is really great. I've I've experienced it firsthand, and they're they're really awesome. Wow. Well, I hope they I hope they get to hear this then, because you know it's not every day a customer service person gets thanked in any capacity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just a few a uh, few hiccups with their uh, their releases there, but overall I would give a uh, scream and shout factory. I, I'd give them a B plus. A B plus. They're good. Okay. Sounds great, Brad. Um, well, I guess it's to me. Um, hmm. I'm not. See, you're the rank master, Brad. I'm. I'm not so good with ranks. Um, so I I'm love lists. Think, like, I. I know. I noticed that, man. <laughs> I, I know you're. You love your lists. You love your rankings. Um, I'm not very good about curating rankings because, like, I can admit there's going to be inconsistencies there. Where it's a lot of it is like what mood you catch me in and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but for magnet, uh, you gave. You gave Kino a B, right? Yeah, yep. Okay. Well, Magnet, C plus, B B minus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're 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 not they're not on the same level, but you know, it's like they they have they make good choices in terms of like the movies they distribute. Though. Yeah. This one's gonna be short uh, for me, um, mostly because I don't actually own many of their products, but I do admire uh, their catalog. Um, so this would be a. Animego, um, they specialize in Japanese films and anime, mm-hmm. uh, as evidenced by the title. Uh, their name basically means it's a portmanteau of the word anime and the English language uh, ego. Um, so uh, the first experience I had with them was in the DVD era. Um, I had two of their, well, three of their discs. I had a couple of the Lone Wolf and Cub movies and uh, Crusher Joe, uh, which was a anime from the i think the early 80s and uh the first thing i noticed with those dvds right off the bat was holy shit these people love their products um they they don't snatch up the rights to like everyone's favorite stuff like a lot of the anime they distribute like in terms of like anime distribution these days i feel like there's like two or three major publishers it's like funimation has dragon ball and everything tangentially related to dragon ball so they're fine. They have all the money in the world. They're doing yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right Stuff has the rights to Gundam and a lot of like Bandai stuff. So they're doing just fine as well. Um, and then there's a couple other ones like Sentai Filmworks and whatnot. But Animego, they're like kind of like like a, a Criterion or a Kino, but they don't really do like the massive high profile releases. They just kind of do the stuff that they personally like, mm-hmm. um, and they treat it like royalty. Like, in terms of, like, bonus features and transfer quality, holy shit. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> like uh, the Lone Wolf and Cub discs I had on DVD, and they've subsequently re-released them on Blu-ray. Um, I have the collected box, which is, like, the bare-bones version of it, but uh, same movies, which is mostly why I'm here. Um, the DVD releases had, like, like fucking, like, history essays, like, historical essays just about, like, this is what was happening in Japan in the year in which this film was made. Oh, wow. And in which the film takes place. It's like, 
okay <laughs> i didn't really need to know all that and then um they go the extra mile with their subtitling as well it almost reminds me of uh like old bootleg tapes i used to get with my friends and stuff where they'd go the extra mile and they would subtitle like signage mm, and not yeah. only that when when multiple people are speaking at the same time they they color the subtitles to coordinate with the different characters so it makes it very easy for your eye to follow who's talking when um and the colors match with the characters and stuff and it's little details like that that just show you like damn these people really care um, um but yeah mm-hmm. they they always do a wonderful job with their their transfers um even for these lesser known products they're kind of nobody's favorite but definitely means something to the people who still remember them uh, they mostly do retro releases like a lot of the samurai movies are from like the late 60s and early 70s a lot of the anime are from the mid 80s through the mid 90s uh, so it's mostly older stuff that could easily slip through the cracks and just never be re- redistributed again so in, in that sense they're archivists um but not only that they also do special edition re-releases for virtually everything um and some of the some of the extras they pack in with these things it's like it's stuff i would never spend money on but just the fact that they went to such great lengths just tickles me and it, it makes me laugh it's like it's like wow you really care that much like you would include a a resin model kit of a of a sports car for that sports car themed anime that you're releasing <laughs> you'd include like a a sew-on patch uh, based on like the character designs from the show like figures special boxes like Mm -hmm. all the bells and whistles you could possibly imagine and it's it's almost like one of those ridiculous kickstarters that has like a billion tiers of donation where it's like okay enough like i'm not gonna give you a hundred thousand dollars just so i can get like a life-size blow-up doll or whatever (laughs) 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 um but yeah, I only own two of their discs at the moment. I've I've had my eyes on a couple of them. In fact, we reviewed uh, a movie that they own the distribution rights for uh, for the show, um, uh, Otaku no Video. Um, and I actually, I wanted to buy that, but I ended up renting it instead. Uh, but yeah, I just have Bubblegum Crisis and the the Lone Wolf and Cub collection. Which are are you familiar with that one? Uh, I've never seen it, but I know of it. I was about to say, as somebody who appreciates horror films, um, the the word gore and horror tend to go hand in hand, regardless of what your personal taste in horror is. You've you've definitely touched that that part of the darkness at some oh, yeah. point. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, they're they're very very gory films for like their era, like the early seventies and whatnot. Um, but they're a shit ton of fun. I mean, yeah. just the concept of an assassin pushing his his son in a. a essentially like a james bond baby cart (laughs) it's just packed to the gills with weapons and the child is of course involved in the bloodshed and it's wonderful yeah (laughs) yeah i've heard them discussed on a couple different podcasts and i have been meaning to check them out for a long time so might be time that i pull the trigger i mean i'm always looking for an excuse to buy are they are they still in print do you know the lone wolf and cub blu-rays i believe so okay um i mean that's a little bit of the downside with these guys is that uh they are definitely a smaller publisher mm-hmm. um, but they they curate each and every one of their products lovingly so and uh it probably makes their stuff a little bit more expensive than you'd like um but you're if you, if you know what you're getting like most of these are, are retro products so in my case like i was coming at both of these kind of with a sense of nostalgia like if you know what you're getting into then you're gonna have a good time <laughs> yeah yeah 
Um, but yeah, for these guys, I mean, I would I would give them an A for certain for certain, just because the just because you can you can see it just like in in the way their discs are put together. It's like they, they went the extra mile and then some with every every release they've had, as yeah. far as I understand. Definitely seems like they're they're fans themselves and they care. And you can at least in certain certain labels, you can tell with how they handle their social media and they interact with fans. You can tell that when a label actually is a fan of the stuff they release, and when they're you know obviously they're in it for the money, of course. But when there's you know maybe a little <laughs> something else to go along with the money, like they they do get a a, a high out of putting out these uh, films for everybody to see. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely an A. I'm not going to be super generous and give him an A plus, just an A. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Balls, balls to you, Brad. Uh, next up uh, in my list, I have Arrow, which, all right, I I love Arrow. Arrow, I love Arrow so much that I almost I wanted to do something controversial and give him a higher grade than Criterion because I, I just I love Arrow so much and they might be my personal favorite. But in my heart of hearts, I know that Criterion is the gold standard. So I have to rank Arrow a little bit below them. But I, I love their releases so much. First of all, the the packaging for their releases, I think, is stellar. I love their uh, their sort of clear cases that you can see on this uh, Alice Sweet Alice release. This is kind of their go-to um, packaging. I, I love it. I think it's great. Got reversible artwork in there. Um, but then they also occasionally put out a little bit more um, boxy releases, such as this uh, Reanimator special edition set that's kind of got uh, like a, a thick outer cover on it, and then inside a huge booklet. It's a comic book, actually. Um, and I believe this is a limited edition. So they did release a regular um, version with their sort of clear Blu-ray packaging um, that you can get of this, but this is the, the limited special edition. But surprisingly, you know, I'm usually I like consistency in packaging, but I actually do like both versions of this. So I actually don't have a problem with them putting out two different kinds of packaging. I think they're both pretty stellar. And, you know, their spines are they've got the arrow uh, logo up top. So there's some uniformity there. Um, their transfers, I think, uh, are great. Uh, I've, I've never had a problem with any of their transfers, and I've never heard of any bad transfers from Arrow. I'm sure you can find something out there where they where they messed up, but for the most part, their transfers are awesome. Their treatment of genre films, they, they put out a lot of horror stuff, and uh, you know the love and care they put into these releases that most people would say uh, probably don't deserve quite the the love and care that they get. I I mean, I think all movies should get these incredible, you know, deluxe editions, but, uh, you know, it's like they're giving these releases, treating them like they're some of the greatest movies of all time, even though for a lot of them they're not. I mean, there there are some classics that they put out for sure. Um, Their Dario Argento releases are second to none. I I love those. Um, And they've got loads of special features as well. So I think they... uh, are almost just the the perfect uh, package. They're all, I only have one con for them, and that is just uh, their branding is a little inconsistent because they put out a lot of uh, horror films, a lot of genre films, but then they also put out some stuff like, uh, I think they just put out 16 Candles and Weird Science, and uh, I know they've put out A Fish Called Wanda, and it's great that they're releasing those, but also I feel like 
you know, with a lot of other labels, I can just like in one sentence sum up what they release. And uh, I don't know, for Arrow, they're a little all over the map. Um, so that's if I had to pick out one con, I would say just inconsistency in their branding. But overall, I mean, they're they're amazing. Oh, yeah. No, I, Arrow have a, a, a wonderful reputation. And I do like their uh, I do like the uniformity across their uh, their product designs where mm-hmm. uh, they have that like almost like rainbow colored strip at the bottom of yep. of most of their cases mm-hmm. and yeah the clear case is definitely like that's an arrow i can tell that from a distance that's really really good branding on their part i have to applaud them for that that was very wise um i only own one of their discs uh but i've i've long heard nothing but great things about them uh they're based in the uk correct yeah and they do put out some stuff that is region b only but they also do region a stuff so you know they're they're friends to both sides of the pond. Uh, you don't need a, a region-free player, which I think is nice. Um, I, I do wonder if uh, like people that do own region-free players are like, look at Arrow, you know, appeasing to these mouth breathers that don't have region-free players. Like, just release everything region B. I can, I can play it. I, would, I do wonder if there's some <laughs> hardcore collectors that uh, look down on Arrow for that. But I, I appreciate the fact that they uh, release stuff in region A. And there's some stuff that they only release in region B because they only have the rights over there. But, you know, that's, that's, that's okay. You can't get around that. Yeah. Um, the only disc of theirs I own is RoboCop. Uh, which is probably top top five movies of all time in my book. Um, it, for my personal favorite movies, um, I absolutely adore RoboCop. Um, what's curious about that is um, I think I want to say Scream or Shout own the rights to RoboCop 2 and 3. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think the Air Scream Factory releases. Which is really strange. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of if you're like a RoboCop fanatic or something, that would probably drive you nuts to have that one clear case and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, the two shout ones next to it. Yeah, um, I do have to say, I don't know if I should be glad I don't have that problem or ashamed that I don't have that problem because I have the uh, the RoboCop collection, which is not as uh, good of a release, This, which I bought before any of those came out. I mean, if I didn't have that RoboCop collection already, I would easily have popped on all three of those. But I do have the RoboCop collection, and it's a tough thing because I'm like, oh, I, I'd love to upgrade my RoboCop Blu-rays to the you know collector's editions, but it's also like, do I want to put the money into doing that, or should I get a movie that I don't even own on physical media, you know? So it's a... Yeah, Brad, $25 for RoboCop 3. I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, the problem is I if I get RoboCop from Arrow, I, I'll, I'll get RoboCop 2 from Scream Factory. And then at that point, I have to get the third one. So it's just like... Oh, yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like, <laughs> it, it, they can't be on the shelf alone. Yeah. Like, they'll, they'll be lonely up there. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but um, I mean, actually backpedaling to scream just a little bit um robocop 3 has an interesting production history that that would be the only reason i would ever rebuy that movie mm-hmm. it's just is just if i had the guarantee that they had like featurettes about that about like the the evolution of the script and like frank miller's involvement and all that business uh, other than that that movie's trash yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah, the the Arrow release of RoboCop is wonderful. Yeah, I've heard it's, great things about it's, it. It's the best it's ever looked. Um, 
I man, I have bought RoboCop three times now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have the the DVD trilogy on my shelf that unfolds into a RoboCop shape. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I specifically hunted that one down because um, at the time uh, there was an MGM DVD and a Criterion DVD of RoboCop. Um, the Criterion DVD was regarded as like the gold standard because it was. Um, based on the the criterion laser disc of the film which at the time was the only way to get the unrated version of the film which includes several more seconds of ed 209 shooting that poor mr kenny up in that office building <laughs> and uh red foreman from that 70s show uh spurting a little bit more blood and that's yeah. the only difference oh, oh yeah and uh, peter weller you get to see his animatronic head get blowed up um but i remember very specifically hunting down that particular box set because i i looked it up somehow in the pre blu-ray.com era um that this this was the unrated cut of the movie that they snuck onto this disc only in this box set (laughs) Mm -hmm. so i i got that and then uh i think i had the mgm dvd before that and then yeah i got the arrow blu-ray and holy shit it's gorgeous includes all the bells and whistles that every other release had it's got a commentary which i will listen to because paul verhoeven is fucking hilarious and batshit crazy (laughs) (laughs) he's a very excitable old man (laughs) 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 but but yeah arrow's good in my book um have you ever heard of uh third window films i don't think i have have they put out anything that i know of um i tipped you off to them a while ago like when we first started talking uh so i think they're like a subsidiary of arrow uh because when you purchase their products it it redirects you to the arrow store but like the uk arrow store um i actually have a couple of of their products uh again stuck in a covid hell right now yeah. <laughs> um, yep. uh, from this third window films label um, i have top knot detective and one cut of the dead on the way to me um but yeah they're like secret arrow films i guess um, somehow affiliated i don't know in what capacity but i, I mean i'll report back to you once i get them uh, hopefully they're of the same standard because if they are mm-hmm. Sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if they're even half as good as Arrow, you know, they're going to be quality releases, so, yeah. Air- well, yeah, and already you, you told me One Cut of the Dead is an excellent film, so I don't have that to worry about. Yeah, yeah. Or do you know anything about it, or are you going in blind? Nothing. Okay. Blind. Uh, you you will have a good time. You will have a good time. I hope. I hope you will. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely will. I've mm-hmm. heard nothing but glowing reviews for it, but I've been very 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 careful of avoiding details yeah so i'm gonna go into it blind and probably have a great time with it it's, it's an interesting film because you you will have to know nothing about it going in but you also you got to be ready you got to be ready for it you got to be just ready to just go i can't even say why you got to be ready but you need to be ready <laughs> <laughs> so i need to show up with a tactical vest and swim trunks <laughs> i think yeah yeah at, at minimum at minimum okay um so what would your letter grade for arrow be brad i think i would give it a a minus i'd give them an a minus um yeah i think i think they're they're awesome um and i I, you know this isn't totally a pro but like i said i like the amount that they release new films like they don't oversaturate the market to the point where whenever there's a new arrow release i'm like i am considering buying that where if they put out three or four releases a week, I would 
not care as much because there's no way I could keep up. But the amount that they release stuff, every time something new comes out, I'm like, that is on my radar. That is on my list potentially. So that's always a nice thing. Not nice for my wallet, I guess, but it's nice as a collector. <laughs> gotcha. Um, hmm. Well, see, I'm I'm kind of fumbling a little bit here because uh, I'm I'm not going in a like a linear trajectory here. So I'm kind of bouncing uh-huh. around. These are is kind of all over the place but uh, my next pick is going to be cj entertainment <laughs> and uh pardon my reach uh so cj entertainment i haven't bothered to research uh because that sh- that shows my level of investment in what we're doing right now but um, <laughs> um we're just having fun we're just a couple as friends just hanging out talking blu-rays that's right um so as far as i understand uh cj entertainment may or may not run the nation of South Korea um, <laughs> because <laughs> about 85% of the media properties that come out of that country have the CJ logo on them. And as far as I know, they're a multimedia conglomerate as well. So um, yeah, they have their fingers in all sorts of cookie jars, have yet to be trapped in said cookie jars. Um, but yeah, um, I, I've, I've been very curious about these guys for a long time because I've I've been noticing a trend with uh, both CJ and uh, the next publisher that I'll be talking about um, where the international releases for these Korean movies, and they basically just do Korean movies, um, uh, the international releases for their movies um, sometimes come out before the Korean releases. Really? So... Yeah, so the domestic release comes after the international release. And I wish I knew more about uh, about the publishing and the distribution industry because this has been puzzling me for a very long time because there's a, I, I shop on import stores all the time. Like I, I have a couple of websites I go to on the regular. Um, and I on, in addition to Blu-ray.com, like looking up release dates for movies, I'm also looking at international release dates for uh, Korean, uh, Hong Kong, Japanese movies as well. And yeah, I've noticed that a lot of times I'll be waiting for something that's coming out on the other side of the world that ends up coming out in my neck of the woods before there. <laughs> and it's like, what what is going on here? And I want to say that somebody has some sort of tricky distribution deal where it's like, um, you guys can put out the DVDs whenever you like, but we get the Blu-ray mm-hmm. in North America. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so it works out for me, but I'm very curious what that means. Like what the what the korean market for for physical media is because i, I want to say it's like maybe a specialty thing or something because um i have a couple of american uh releases um, i have no tears for the dead and veteran and operation chromite which is not very good uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, those are all american discs um that also bear the cj entertainment logo however i also have these these guys who have this uh they have their numbered releases and they have this really awesome uh, matte slip cover very very handsome packaging very handsome it looks nice embossed they're they're embossed like this one has gold embossed text and it has a matte finish to it um and yeah they're all numbered I don't want to um, sound weird, to, but I kind of want to just reach out and touch them right now. That's how nice they look. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, look at this shit. It's like it's, it's got a slip cover. It's got the matte finish. It's two discs. It's got the, the lovely silken. Oh, no. I, 
Brad soiled himself. Is <laughs> it a podcast over? <laughs> at, at that point, you, the release is so good, the movie doesn't even need to be good. I mean, you're, you're, you've already got a winner on your hands. The movie is secondary at this point. Oh, man. And I didn't even, I didn't even show you the ones with like the, the art books and the postcards. Don't, don't, even go, don't even go there. I can't handle it. I don't know what it is about Asian releases for movies, but they're really big on postcards and stuff. Yeah. Like, um, this one, uh, Man from Nowhere, has all these like postcards and like photos and stuff. Like it has like twenty photos or something, stills from the movie, signed by the actors and stuff. Anyway, they put out these really handsome products that I want to say they have to be collectors' editions or something, and they're they're modestly priced for the for the most part, even though they're import discs, which is kind of amazing. Um, but I want to say that maybe the the uh, the market for DVDs and Blu-rays in South Korea isn't exactly as uh, enthusiastic as it is out here. Maybe like maybe more maybe it's more of a specialty hobby or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as 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 you can tell just through a webcam, uh, they put out handsome product. And uh, yeah, um, for the most part, like I said, they 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 publish everything like like every major release that comes out of the country apparently has to go through them but um i'll just list off the the movies of theirs i own um the berlin file is a nice like a um think like a jason Bourne movie but with korean people Mm -hmm. um PMC is a very strange movie. This was made by people who play a lot of video games. Um, <laughs> um, a lot of the cinematography is done um, with like GoPros, and it's it's like a it's like a tactical um, wo- like it's like a special forces kind of movie. But half of the gimmick is that the big name star. It's like a um, what's the Will Smith movie with his son where uh, after After Earth. Oh, oh yeah, the <laughs> yeah. Shyamalan one. It's yeah, a, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's like After Earth where the, the big name star is actually just on a headset talking to other people doing action stuff while he's crippled. Yeah. Um, bummer if you're into him. Um, R2B, um, which is – are you familiar with the pop star Rain? He was kind of a big deal in the late 2000s or the early 2000s. I don't 2000s, think so. Rather. I don't know. I, I might uh, not he, be he plugged in pop culture enough. He was Time's most influential man um, at one point. Really? Wow. He was on The Daily Show at one point. Um, the the K-pop shit that we have today, he was the progenitor kind of. Yeah. And he was a solo act. Rain, Rain can set people's pants on fire just by breathing. <laughs> <laughs> he just goes up to the mic and goes, <sighs> and all the panties just light up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, this this movie's about him in a jet, so it's Top Gun with Rain. Um and the target and uh the man from nowhere which i also mentioned and uh the one that i showed you ode to my father um there's like a rule in korean movies where um men have to cry like like mm-hmm. it's it's like bollywood rules where it's like okay we have to we have to have like a song every like it's like slasher movie rules where slasher movies like you got 10 minutes before i gotta see some titties or somebody gets killed or both <laughs> bollywood it's yep. like same deal but it's got to be a song um Korean movies, it's like, okay, you got three major beats where some dude's got to cry. Somebody's got to break down and start, like, get the, the snot dribble from their face. Like, they got to go hard. They have to, like, Michael Fassbender this shit. They can't just cry. They got to, like, heave cry. Like, <laughs> like get physical with it. And yeah. uh, Ode to My Father, fuck. Fuck this movie. <laughs> fuck this movie. It, it destroys you. Yeah, um, it's going to make if, me uh, cry. 
Oh, Brad, uh, I, I don't know how you handle your emotions, but um, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. let me just say, I uh, mean, yeah. I, I was getting emotional watching Trolls World Tour. Now, that might have been because I was at the drive in. But I mean, I uh, I'm, I'm ready for a, a good cry in a movie. Oh, my God. I mean, I, I don't know how you feel about your, your your gal seeing you in a state of weakness, but, um, yeah, uh, you will be in the fetal position just curled up and just miserable, like, th- I love three, it. four times. Yeah. Just, like, every time you think you're having a good time, it's like, nope, nope. <laughs> it's like, nope. It's about to get real heavy real quick. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, CJ Entertainment, they make good product, uh, and apparently they own half the planet. Um, secretly <laughs> um, I'll give them an A because I'm afraid not to <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah we, we so, love yeah, everything Brad, they do yeah CJ you for guys anybody listening I have no objections yeah anybody yeah. who might be listening you guys make wonderful product flawless entertainment <laughs> except for Operation Chromite that, that's kind of shitty yeah, like, yeah fuck you for putting Liam Neeson big as life and twice as ugly on the cover that was really dirty pool <laughs> <laughs> really fucking t- they did the same trick with another movie it's like another operation movie except for they did it with uh what's her fuck from uh the transformers movies um megan fox oh yeah they did the exact same thing where it's like hey let's put megan fox on the cover of our korean war movie <laughs> it's like well somebody bought it because it did well enough at the box office. yeah i guess so yeah 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 she's still she still got some pulls she still sells i guess yeah. I, I guess. Um, so yeah, rant over. Uh, yeah, a. Um, so what, Brad? Is is this your uh, your your closing one? Yeah, this is my this is my last one. And if you ask me, I mean, it's it's tough to top this. It is the Criterion Collection. I mean, I I guess I would say I can't say for sure if this was the first sort of uh, boutique label that I started dipping my toes into. But uh, I remember, like, you know, I started, I was buying movies, collecting movies, and, you know, collecting a lot of, you know, mainstream stuff that are put out by the major studios, like, uh, I don't know, like Seven, Jurassic Park, Schindler's List, you know, like, the the big movies that these labels aren't putting out, they're getting put out by the major studios. And then, all of a sudden, I was listening to some guy go through his Blu-ray collection, and he's like, now, this one is from the Criterion Collection, and my ears kind of perked up. I'm like, Criterion Collection? What? What is that? And I looked <laughs> into it, and that might have been where it started. It might have started there because <laughs> it's been uh, an expensive hobby ever since. But I think uh, the Criterion Collection, they're tough to beat. I mean, the the sheer collection of movies they have. I think you've mentioned it on some of your guys' uh, like month Blu-ray recap episodes when you say that uh, if something is in the Criterion Collection, it's probably worth checking out. It's probably worth watching even if it's a film that you might not necessarily love or even like, there's some importance to it. I mean, they're really the, the curation they have for their, their films is pretty incredible to the fact that um, I've probably blind bought more criterions than I've bought that I've actually seen, which is kind of rare. A lot of movies I buy them if I know that I like them, but with criterion, I'm like, that sounds interesting and it's in the criterion collection. So it's probably worth checking out. So I buy it. So I think uh, in terms of their uh, releases, I think they're number one. Quality of transfers, again, maybe there's some shabby shabby releases. Um, I think 
almost all of them look amazing. Like I pop in a criterion release and I can, I can see the difference. My untrained eyes can see the difference. They always put out amazing transfers. I love their, you know, uh, their standard criterion case, uh, right here. I have Rafifi, which is a film that I bought, um, not really knowing much about it. I heard it recommended, but it was in a collection. I'd heard one person say something good about it. I popped on it. It's now I somewhere in my top 100 list of films. I love this movie, um, and I love the the packaging. I mean, Arrow is kind of in this where they have very unique packaging to themselves, but I think Criterion is even more. Like when you see a Criterion case, like it is just no one can even try to replicate that. Like they they own this brand. Um, I I actually really like how they have like three or four designated sales throughout the year. They have their website sale, criterion.com, and then the um, Barnes & Noble sale that happens twice a year. I actually really like that because it's like you know that you have to buy the movies at the, this time, so stock up, buy 10 of them at a time. Maybe not 10, but I, sometimes I go a little overboard. Um, I, I enjoy that. And uh, the booklets that are in there, just a nice little complimentary feature. I, I actually do... Not always, but take the time to read some of the essays occasionally, and sometimes they have filmmaker uh, interviews in the booklets, which I enjoy, and it's just a, a nice little cherry on top of the packaging. So um, those are the pros, and the only con I have, which, you know, nobody's perfect, so I do have to point out one con, it's that uh, the inconsistent packaging that some of their releases are the sort of the cardboard uh, sleeves and not the plastic Um which still, it looks amazing. Like, this release of Terrence Malick's The New World. Still a great-looking release, but I feel like if they kept it to their normal Criterion packaging for all the, the single films, like some of their, you know, double releases or film collections, obviously they can't fit all those into their regular packaging. But, like, The New World, the, the Criterion release of this, probably could have found a way to get it into their regular packaging. Um, I think I, I would prefer that because you know occasionally i'll buy something online from criterion and i'll actually be slightly disappointed when it comes in one of these uh more bulky sort of cardboard packages it's like oh, their, their other packaging looks so good I, I was hoping for that one but that's that's a minor thing in uh what is otherwise i think uh the king of the game they're the king of the game if you ask me criterion's the king yeah, uh, have been for a very long time, as far as I know. Yeah. Um, like, like I had, I mean, thank, thanks for your story about uh, hearing about the guy, like talking about his collection, because, I mean, that's that's huge. That's a huge reason as to why we're doing this right now. Yeah. Because stories like that, it's like you know, that's everybody has a road they take to get to where they're at, and yeah, I'm pretty sure I had a similar road I went down. Or, I I think actually the RoboCop story I told was actually hugely responsible for where i am today when it comes to movie collecting was somehow i became aware that there exists a better robocop (laughs) (laughs) i "I must have this and i couldn't find the criterion disc for forever but i knew about it and i was forever seeking it out and yeah as far as i know they i don't know if criterion put out vhs discs but i know they were around during the laserdisc era yeah um so yeah they've been at it for a long time and yeah they've long been heralded as essentially the gold standard for physical media and uh i don't know how many of their releases you have i only have four um i have the samurai trilogy uh brazil 
which is definitely one of my favorite movies. Um, and Yojimbo and Sanjiro, which comes in one of those cardboard uh, dual cases. Mm-hmm. Um, all of all of which are fantastic releases. Uh, Brazil, in particular, uh, has all the extras you could ever want. Um, it has a lot of interviews with Terry Gilliam. It has um, the bad version of the movie, just in case you want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and yeah, the Samurai trilogy was was very special to me. Um, I mean, you, you've probably noticed by now that I, I own a lot of Japanese movies. Um, I have a very deep interest in Japanese cinema and these movies were aside from Godzilla um, <laughs> like largely responsible for getting me into the habit because uh, I remember my mom and I were both sick at home and uh, she had borrowed these movies from the library on VHS and it was the first time I'd ever had to watch a movie that, that had subtitles mm-hmm. I, was like, I don't know what they're saying but oh wait I do I'm reading it. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah just watching these movies like sick in bed with my mom when I was really little it's like wow I, I did that like before I was 10 years old and it took a very long time but holy shit they popped up on the Criterion Collection I was like day one <laughs> like I'm yeah. re-watching that in full HD and holy shit they have never looked better uh, they they did them justice for sure but um man i gotta get kyle in on on some more of these conversations because i feel like the two of you would have a kin kinship with one another because like you're both horror guys and not only that like he is he's a he's a member of the cult of criterion for yeah. sure <laughs> like like for him like like much more so than me like if you if you put that little c in the top left corner of the case he's his eyebrows arching he's like oh yeah oh maybe i'll maybe i'll check that out i have no idea what it is but i'm kind of interested <laughs> let me, let me to, to show how much of a higher standard i hold criterion i actually separate out all of my criterion releases into their own section that's how much higher they are <laughs> wow I mean, they just look so good all together with the c's on the spine and the numbers now i don't sort them by the numbers i'm not i'm not that crazy i don't I sort them alphabetically still, but uh, I, I do separate them out because, I mean, they've got it right in the name. It's a collection of films, so I feel like it's it's justified to pull them out. Yeah, and it's funny because like, there's like a universal just objective level of quality that their movies tend to have, but they're across any number of genres and eras. Like it, It's interesting how it's consistent and inconsistent at the same time, but it does mm-hmm. feel like there's a guiding hand uh, specifically like picking each in each individual release because i for one never would have expected the godzilla box set to come out on the criterion collection um big fucking deal um yeah. I'm, I'm probably gonna snatch that up at some point even though i've heard that box is a monster to put on your shelf it is <laughs> it is <laughs> but the release i mean i do want to pick it up too but the release seems so amazing that it's like yeah i'll i'll find a spot for it no, it sounds amazing in particular because, um, I, and this was something that I I did not do with my shout or scream disc uh, for Cyborg. As I, I had mentioned that the last time we did this show, that I, I did not do my research and the producer's cut of that movie is not on that disc. Um, however, the uh, Criterion Godzilla box set does include the Japanese version of Godzilla vs. King Kong, which has never been released in this country before. Mm. Oh, wow. For for me, somebody who's you know obsessed with Godzilla since birth, essentially, I've never seen it. Like, yeah. So for me, that that would justify 
repurchasing essentially like 12 movies because i probably own all of them already yeah. but, <laughs> <laughs> but, it's like, but but it's a better robocop yeah <laughs> you yeah, don't that's understand huge, that's huge though <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, and I mean, oh. even like, uh, I don't know when it comes out, but they've got the Bruce Lee collection coming out, which uh, I'm very excited about. I mean, you know, you keep thinking, like, can they keep, like, topping themselves? And somehow they, they manage to keep doing it. Like, they just keep keep putting out quality films, quality uh, releases, and they're they're the best in the game. Um, I, do, I do have to make a quick correction, actually. When I was talking about before I was collecting from boutique labels, I was saying, oh, I was just buying major studio releases like Jurassic Park and Seven. I, I should say Seven actually is part of the Criterion Collection, or it was at some point because it was in there on Laserdisc. So just uh, disregard <laughs> that. I, 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 I just watched Seven, so that was on my mind. Just replace it with Happy Gilmore or something like that. Happy Gilmore was you know, a, be- a better example of the mainstream films that I was collecting at that point. Well, see, I feel like that's maybe an indication of, like, the general, like, age range of the people working at Criterion, maybe. Yeah. It's like, we have all these supposed, like, trashy movies that's like, oh, wait, that's actually good. It's like, let's let's retcon that. Let's let, let's just pretend it was never trashy. It was always good. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think, isn't, like, Armageddon in the Criterion collection? It is, yeah. I don't know, was it Laserdisc or was it DVD? I know at some point it did get a Criterion release. Yeah, so you know they, they they you know every once in a while they they let some shit in. <laughs> so you, you know they got to keep the lights on somehow. I mean they 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 release yeah, yeah. some mainstream stuff like uh, I the I actually like these films, but like they put out the the Princess Bride um, is in the Criterion Collection, which is way more mainstream than the majority of their releases. I still think it's a really good film, but uh, you know they put out every once in a while something that is. People, you know, some snobs, I don't want to say snobs maybe, but, you know, some people on Blu-ray.com are like, really? Criterion's putting out The Princess Bride or they're putting out The Breakfast Club? This is a new low for Criterion. And it's like, calm down, calm down. Like, they put out the Decalogue. Like, just, like, take a deep breath, people. They can put out something to make some sales. Yeah, no, and it's it's all, it's none of it's bad as yeah. far as I understand. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just teasing, but anyway. <laughs> um, so like I, even Armageddon, saying... is, even Ar- Armageddon, like even if you don't think it's a great film, it's still worth seeing because you know it's uh, it's an important film in Michael Bay's career. It was a big film at the time. Like there's still a reason to watch it. Oh, absolutely! No, it's an important part of film history. Yeah, um, and it. I don't even think it's that bad to be honest. I think I... it's just a, a case of. I think it's just a case of like snobby people looking at it and like seeing the Michael Bay name attached to it and just assuming, oh, that's crap. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I would agree with you. Yeah. So. so it goes without saying A plus. <laughs> uh, I you know nobody's perfect. I think I can. I gotta give an A. You know, there's always room for improvement. <laughs> oh. So yeah. <laughs> not quite an A plus for me, but uh, they're they're close. They're close. <laughs> Okay, well, um, I guess it's to me, and I, I hate to go out on a whimper here, but I'm gonna. Sorry. Um, and the reason why I'm going out on a whimper is because I have this massive stack of shit here that, as I was perusing my wares, I was realizing, shit, I bought a lot of shit from them. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> um, so, uh, 
my my last one is going to be the publisher Well Go. Um, well Go, I want to say, picked up where Dragon Dynasty left off. Um, I well, that's not fair because I, I actually haven't bothered to check if Dragon Dynasty is even still in business. I I want to say they're not. Um, but Dragon Dynasty was like a DVD publisher, and they they put out a few Blu-rays as well that uh, mostly specialized in again Asian entertainment, mostly Chinese films, but. I think they had some other countries in there as well. Um, but they put out a lot of like Jackie Chan's older stuff. Uh, they put out a lot of John Woo's older stuff. Um, and they were notorious for having some not so great transfers, um, which is why I did not really jump on the Dragon Dynasty train, uh, despite them putting out a lot of movies that definitely meant a lot to me. Instead, I, I bought like uh, import versions or bootleg versions of the same movies. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of steered clear of them. However, uh, Well Go, um, damn, uh, they've kind of got the, the market cornered as far as uh, Asian action films go. Um, most high-profile martial arts movies come through them. Um, I'm looking at a huge stack of movies of varying quality, but, <laughs> but um, some major Chinese releases. Um, they, they got the rights to both the Wolf Warrior movies, which if you know anything of the details of them, made all the money, um, an insane amount of money. And they're both terrible. <laughs> and they're, they're both uh, essentially propaganda pieces. The second one is, second one has a weird spin on it. That it's, it's puzzling because if, if you're not in the know, it's like, what am I looking at here? And um, a lot of it has to do with like pro- Africa and China relations so they have a lot of scenes like showing like the Chinese embassy is just this infallible thing and like they're encouraging like the the African populace to like hunker down with them it's like we'll protect you from the terrorists don't worry the central government will take care of you you'll be fine and our Chinese Superman will save us all from Frank Grillo <laughs> <laughs> for some reason in Africa stirring up trouble <laughs> um but yeah uh some of the better releases of theirs, uh, The Villainous um, is a Korean movie that got a lot of buzz, um, most notably for like a couple of GoPro action sequences um, that were very creative in the way they were choreographed. The movie itself was kind of meh, but mm -hmm. there's a couple of standout action sequences that are excellent. Um, <sighs> Ichi the Killer, uh, they got the rights to that. That's a, that's oh, a yeah. Takashi Miike movie that... Um, yep. Uh, that was one that I made Kyle watch, and um, it's one of the very few movies that I made Kyle watch that he was actually thankful he got to watch. You know? Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Triple Threat is one that I I did a review um, with my brother on a, on the podcast. Uh, that Triple Threat was essentially like my Avengers movie. Uh, it's basically like a huge number of like contemporary martial arts stars all getting together and just doing their thing, and it's. Mm -hmm. It's nobody's best work, but just the novelty of seeing everyone together was just like dream come true kind of stuff for me. And I totally marked out about it and I dragged my brother and his wife out to see it <laughs> in an empty theater. <laughs> it was like a one night only showing because I guess they only got like the rights to screen it for one day in the entire country or something. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a small release, but um, big reason why I'm bringing them up is not just because the sheer number of releases of theirs I own, which is a stack that's about a foot tall. Um, I, I mentioned this on previous episodes, Ipman 4, the finale. Um, this has been a running gag that this was a victim of, of the COVID-ing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it took a month to get to my doorstop, but I finally got it. And I think 
I think this is Wellgo's first 4K disc. Oh, nice. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, that's something we haven't been talking about. That I don't really think there's much reason to get into it because 4K is honestly still kind of a, you know, it's not floundering or anything, but it's still in its infancy in some ways. Um, but yeah, it's a handsome disc. And I got to say, uh, unlike Dragon Dynasty, uh, their transfer quality is generally very, very good. And their subtitle quality is excellent. Um, I have no complaints about any of their discs, except for Iron Protector, because that movie's kind of trash. And <laughs> it looks like it was shot on a potato. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, uh, in general, their releases are very handsome. Uh, most of them uh, come with a DVD that Brad will throw in his dumpster. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to keep the packaging all together. It's just, uh, no, yeah, you got to keep the packaging together, even though it's, uh, yeah, never use it. Just keep it there. Just it's a break in case of emergency type situation. Yeah, anybody wants to piss Brad off, just uh, when he's in the bathroom, go through his collection and swap the positions of the discs. So he'll absentmindedly put the DVD in, and then the movie will come on. He'll be like, "What? What? What is this? <laughs> what's What's wrong? What's and wrong then with the my, test my is 4K to see, disc? The test is the test is if I notice it right away, and I I, th- I would like to think that I would. I would be very embarrassed if it took me more than a minute to notice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be embarrassed for you, Brad. Come on. Yeah, yeah. You, you've seen enough movies, yeah. and you hate DVD that much that you should be flipping out. You should be flipping <laughs> furniture. <laughs> like, yeah. What is I think I would. Shit? I think I would. <laughs> um, but, oh, uh, I knew there was one other reason that I brought them up, uh, not just because, holy fuck, that's a tall stack of discs. Um, I wanted to ask you about this, and I kind of wanted to surprise you with it. Uh, so I've been... There's a couple of uh, like action movie news outlets that I follow, and uh, I've noticed a lot of postings recently about um, MOD, Manufactured On Demand. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, Well Go has certainly gone hard into that territory in wake in in you know the COVID inning in the wake of the COVID inning. Um, yeah. And uh, what we have here is a Well Go disc. The transfer is great. Subtitle quality is excellent. No problems with the movie itself. However, look at this box, Brad. Notice at the oh, top. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. Look at the look at the thickness. Oh my goodness. That... So this this is an example. Uh the movie I'm showing Brad right now, and you you can tell from Brad's utterances that he's Ugh. not pleased. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't wanna <laughs> say anything bad about a movie in your collection, but uh Hey, I, I I agree with you, Brad. Let the folks know, man. <laughs> I, I would have trouble sleeping at night for at least a week um, after picking that one up. Yeah, so um, because you can't see. Um, so this, this Blu-ray case is very obviously a third market, like an aftermarket, just like n- not official Blu-ray disc case. It, it's the wrong thickness. Um, the font used for the Blu-ray logo is it did not give any money to the Sony Corporation, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this, I, I'm kind of scared to say, um, because of the COVID business, um, this MOD stuff, this could potentially be the future of um, of physical media output from smaller publishing houses. Yeah. Um, because this is a movie, Unstoppable, by the way, um, it's a Korean movie that I had my eyes on for a couple years. This is an example of uh, the rights to a movie. This movie came out on DVD in Korea two years ago. Only just now came out on Blu-ray in any country, like mm-hmm. a week ago. 
<laughs> yeah. So because the uh, the Korean Blu-ray was like region three, I I was like, I'm not gonna buy that. And it's a DVD, <laughs> it's like, so I had to I had to wait two fucking years for this movie, um, which is okay. Um, holy shit! The some of the some of the bumps, in, like the stunt work in this movie, there are two bumps in this movie that um, made me very happy. <laughs> very yeah, happy. Nice, nice. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, uh, this this manufactured on demand business, I'm kind of wary of it because. Um, a huge number of smaller profile releases in their catalog in well goes catalog have been announced as mod releases um, so there's smaller films that more than likely they're anticipating low sales for so it's like if you want to give us money we'll make you a disc but it's going to be in a shit box <laughs> and and even like here even like the the gloss on the disc like you can tell it's oh, like yeah. freshly like it smelled fresh when it came to yeah. my door. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm a little fearful that this could be the standard going forward for smaller publishers. Probably yeah. not like the arrows and the and the and the criterions of the world, or you know, the, like the Warner Brothers and the Foxes, or 20th Century Studios, rather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although I have heard of a few. Um, maybe it's not the same thing, but I have heard of a few like major studios doing something similar and i've heard very mixed opinions on some of the uh picture quality where they would release some lesser known films in their collection and uh it, yeah it would be like you know manufactured on demand i'm trying to there was a movie that i was going i wanted to pick up and i found out that it was one of those and people were saying that it didn't look great and so i kind of held off but i can't for the life of me think of what it is but um I'm honestly, I'm kind of surprised that with, you know, how people keep saying physical media is dying. I'm surprised it took a global pandemic to sort of, you know, speed that up a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, um, it's it's kind of scary for for collectors and Mm -hmm. whatnot. But um, be be like feel fortunate, Brad, that you don't collect the kind of shit that I do, because there's (laughs) a lot of movies that I I have to buy on DVD because that is the only way to get it. there's a there's a director Jesse Johnson Jesse V Johnson I don't know why the V is important but um, uh, he directs a lot of Scott Adkins movies and uh, every time one of them comes out I message him on Instagram I'm like is it gonna come out on physical media and every single time he just kind of shrugs he's like I don't know and every time it comes out on DVD but like every single time it's it's like I honestly don't know and I made the damn thing yeah that's funny that's funny that's cool that he responds though. Oh yeah, he he's he seems like a chill guy. Yeah, and uh, he actually makes decent movies, man. Um, if you're ever in the mood for seeing a, a good bar brawl, uh, put on Avengement. Just okay, like the last the last ten minutes of Avengement, you'll you'll get your fix. Yeah, I'll <laughs> we'll have to add um, it to the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'd I'd give well go. I mean, in light of. In light of that trash, <laughs> I'd probably like a B minus, I guess, or like no B. I'll give yeah. a B because because they have they haven't like served me up any trash except for that one. And uh, I mean, oh yeah, Triple Threat by the way is directed by that Jesse V. Johnson guy, mm. uh, mm-hmm. so he he's he's in bed with them, and and I like I like his product. I'm glad they they distribute his stuff. So yeah, I'll give him a B. Yeah. I've got a couple uh, well-go releases, and I, I've been pretty happy with uh, all of them. The one that I uh, like the most, honestly, is it's actually surprisingly not um, 
an Asian cinema release. The other ones I have are, but uh, it's the Phantasm Collection. Oh, shit. Which they wow. put out a few years ago, um, which actually I had never seen a Phantasm film. And it had been a horror movie that I'd heard things about for a long time and really wanted um, to see. And then they put out this Blu-ray collection, and I was like, I got to snatch this up because I heard great things about the original. The, the collection looks amazing, and it's an amazing collection. Uh, I was a little underwhelmed by the franchise as a whole, I, I will say, but uh, it's definitely a great release, and um, yeah, it's it's definitely up there as one of my favorites in my collection. I would say just the, the individual cases, like they put a lot of uh, love and care into this release here. Yeah, um, I actually just retweeted this a few days ago. Um, I guess Arrow got the rights to the Phantasm Collection. I, I want to say it's a Region B release, but yeah. Um, I actually haven't watched any of the Phantasm films, but it's always been kind of a curiosity to me. It's like, you know, I heard those the first two in particular are very strange little films, but delightful for the most part. And then like you get to the, like the last two and it's like, why are we why are we still doing this, guys? <laughs> yeah. I I liked the first one. Um and then I'll say that I didn't even watch the last one. So <laughs> that shows you uh the the drop off in quality over time. Yeah, I think I saw like a couple seconds of the CGI in the last one, and I was like, "Nope, <laughs> just nope, <laughs> can't do <And> it." <laughs> the, the best thing though is you go on Blu-ray.com, and there's actually like when this was being announced, there was like a big fierce debate on which movie was the worst. Was it the fourth one or the fifth one? Because there's people saying. Actually, even though the fifth one had a lower budget, it actually tapped into the ideas of Phantasm a lot better than number four. Like, there's a whole, like, whew, spent many hours reading uh, some comments on uh, on that thread on Blu-ray.com. Wow, that's, that's like, next-level Will Actually-ing. Yeah, <laughs> like, it really is. If you, have to, now, if you have to hold your finger up and say Will Actually to a debate on the Phantasm movies and their lack of quality... Um, and maybe you have a bit I, too I was, much time on your hands. <laughs> I was so curious which side of the debate I was going to fall on, and then I never even watched the fifth movie, so I, I don't even know which side I would fall on. <laughs> uh, so, um, Brad, I, I think we've gone back and forth on, on some of these publishers, but um, did you want to throw in any like bonuses or anything like that to wrap up? Uh, you know, I, I thought about it, but I honestly I don't have much to say about many other ones. Um, I I do own a few releases from uh, uh, Synapse, which is actually a Michigan-based company, so I, I have a little bit of a fondness for them in that regard. They put out a lot of uh, a lot of pornography. I, I don't own any of that, but um, they do did put out uh, Dario Argento's Suspiria. And I, I, uh, I think they put out Tenebrae. Uh, they put out some Argento films, which I I really like their releases. Of course, uh, Vinegar Syndrome is a big one. I don't own any of their releases. Uh, maybe if we did a, a, a part two to this, maybe I mean, I'm looking for any excuse to buy releases from new labels. So if I have to buy some Vinegar Syndrome releases to talk about them, I mean, I, I'm all for it. Um, Twilight Time, another one. Um, they're the, they put out you know a limited amount of each release, so they'll print like 3,000 copies, and then once they're out, they're out for good. So I think that's kind of an interesting business model um but i don't own any of their releases either but i think we've covered most of the main ones honestly mill Mill creek is uh one that is uh i would say probably bottom of the barrel mill creek is uh 
known for really bad transfers, really just cheap uh, releases. So I, if Criterion's the top of the mountain, uh, Mill Creek is in the valley. It's even below the valley. It's it's in the mines underneath the mountain. Yeah, um, actually, I, I very nearly put aside um, my Mill Creek releases um, for this discussion, just to bring it up, um, because, yeah, uh, they, they aren't really known for quality. But yeah. I will say this much, um, in terms of... Uh, their catalog selection uh, they they have a knack for picking things that are targeted directly at me <laughs> so it's like i know it's crap but it's the only way i can get it so sure um in fact uh the uh the gamera movies um uh they recently announced like a few months back uh arrow is going to be putting out like the gamera box meant mm-hmm. meant essentially to complement criterion's godzilla box um however the gamera box is going to be all of the Gamera movies from the from the 60s to the 2000s, um, which sounds incredible, uh, especially being as I initially bought the Gamera movies on bootleg VHS, moved up to bootleg DVD, and then moved up to Mill Creek Blu-rays. So I don't think I've ever actually seen those movies. <laughs> I've owned them multiple times, but I don't think I've ever actually seen them in like, actual hd or actual good image quality yeah so i'd be very curious to see that but yeah they they put out like ultraman and gamera and it's like man big big rubbery japanese monster smashing stuff like i gotta <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah even yeah. if even if i know it's shit <laughs> i mean i, I do um, i've got a couple yeah. mill creek releases in my collection you know if it, sometimes if that's the only way you can get it you, you got to get it that way but yeah they're they're not known as the best yeah, I, th- I think my uh, Anaconda disc is a Mill Creek des- disc, and that's mm. fine. Anaconda yeah. deserves a Mill Creek disc, but Anaconda is very much a guilty pleasure for me. I, I've seen that movie dozens of times. <laughs> I, I've probably seen it, uh, yeah, I was, I was going to say hundreds. No, I wouldn't go that far, but yeah, dozens. I've definitely seen it dozens of times. <laughs> I love Anaconda, but um, yeah, we should do a follow-up where maybe we like just talk about some oddball publishers or something, just like mm-hmm. disparate elements on, on our shelves where it's like you know i only have one disc from this publisher but it's worth bringing up yeah yeah, like, yeah like maybe maybe the folks at home will have something to contribute to the discussion yeah um but yeah we should definitely do that sometime um but yeah uh yeah this has been uh tales from the shelf uh distribution disco <laughs> and uh yeah uh so my special guest here has been brad from the cinema speak podcast and brad how about you tell the folks at home how they can look up uh, some of your other stuff uh you can just anywhere you find podcast search for cinema speak or uh social media you can follow us on twitter at the cinema speak or we're on instagram cinema speak podcast or cinemaspeak.libsyn.com you can find us there as well all right well thanks a lot brad for joining me i uh, hope to have you here on the show again very soon um That being said, uh, thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.